more we are threatened by forces that would disrupt the peace that I have restored to this city. Rebel forces that have eliminated our dear Moon Yellow and left Gameland Forest without a protector. Forces that would try to reclaim this city from its rightful heir. Your illustrious Pop said, I have kept you safe, prosperous, something once thought unattainable. And where were the peacekeepers during all of this? Those who would try to end my rule are headed to the fiery lava lands, where a reborn champion, the Titan Noise Blast, will quell the flames of rebellion <coughs> and ensure that Gameland continues to be safe under the glory of Pop Z and transmission. <coughs> Go ahead, Marker's crew. Make your move. <coughs> you recall Noise Blast is not someone to trifle with. Gamekeeper, we sure the Angel can withstand the temperature here? It can, but we shouldn't have to worry about it much with these shielded landing zones. Very convenient for us. We'll need to wear these actually super stylish heat-resistant suits our friend left us, though. Wow, and there's even a custom one for me! <laughs> he thought of everything! We can't let our recent victory get to our heads, though. Not only is there a more dangerous part of Gameland's surroundings, but Noise Blast is on a whole nother level than Moon Yeller. Noise Blast? Wasn't he the one? Yes. Noise Blast was the Titan directly involved in a tragedy that resulted in the loss of my brother, the Gatekeeper. I guess even Titans couldn't stand up to some forces. Gonna be alright? Yeah, that was a long time ago. And like I always say, these corrupted Titans are not our old friends. Let's keep pressing ahead, guys. We've got one third of a key that'll help us break down the force field surrounding our home. I'm really fired up! Terrible pun. But he's right. Let's do this. Markers on the map lineup of bootleg action figures, Robert. Mm-hmm. They tend to happen. It'll, any, I, I, I actually, I want to know what doesn't have a bootleg figure at this point. You go to Us, any, which is why we have to create them. You go, you go to any, you know, aftermarket, flea market, swap me, whatever you want to call it, uh, thing, and then uh, you know, you might find some, you know, some things here and there, some official, maybe not official stuff. Yeah, so I was thinking Green Badoof. His action figure could be like a translucent purple. And Blast Waves could be Blast Waves kind of like a like a dark silvery color, so I'm thinking maybe his could be red. Mhm. And mine would have green hair. Obviously, I don't have green hair in real life, but the bootleg version of my action figure would have green hair because I mm. chose it to have green hair. Does it come with a pre-order copy of Ultimax? A pre-order copy of Ultimax. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Persona 4 fighting game, right? Oh, yeah, that one. That's the one I'm talking about. Well, actually, yours uh, would come with that. What would my funny... My would, you know what my figure would come with? It will come with a uh, printed copy of the Haunted Mansion PS2 free movie pass that that expired like a month later after the, mo- like, the movie came I out. I was thinking that yours would come with the print a copy of Prince of Persia, but not the original Prince of Persia, the cell shaded one from the mid two thousands. The mid two thousands, cell the one that's just Prince huh. of Persia, where he's got like the red and blue costume. Huh. I'm trying to remember that. You one. You remember that? It was on the PS three, I, I think. It was on the PS3. It was like a reboot, one... but they never did anything else with it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes, I remember that one. It was it was a reboot. I totally forgot about that one. That game, uh, it wasn't great. It just, it's not that it was bad. I always wanted to play it. It it's always not... looked very cool to me, like stylish. Yeah. 
it's not a bad game. It's just not Prince of Persia. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like this could have been something else, and it would have been much better. It feels almost like DMC esque in the fact that like it was a weird reboot that nobody really wanted, except like. I've played DMC Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. and I liked it, but, like, that's something that we will eventually talk about on this year's podcast, um, mm-hmm. but we're not going to talk about it today because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, Quite a few, Namely, yeah. the Markers on the Map lineup of bootleg action figures featuring the Gamekeeper, except instead of how the Gamekeeper really looks, he looks more like the Crypt Keeper from the cartoon version of Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. which was, I believe, called Tales from the Crypt Keeper, um, where he <laughs> had, like, green skin. <laughs> okay. I've actually, to be quite honest, I've never seen an uh, actual minute of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, I just never. I have. I've Here's... not seen a full episode because you can't stream it anywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And there's no I've Blu-ray never release of it. Seen an episode? Only, because... I've seen Crypt Keeper highlights and intros on YouTube. Yeah, basically. I can't find where to see to watch it. There's, I don't know where to watch it, and I feel there's like there DVD is no way. sets, but no Blu-ray sets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that would be the dream to have Tales from the Crypt come out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Look, I digress. This whole intro just comes from me wanting to say the phrase, the markers on the map lineup of bootleg action figures. That is literally the reason for this <laughs> intro right here as we enter a whole new arc of markers on the map after our, our, our like two week break that we two took after break, 125. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a quick break. Let's get right into it then. I mean, there's there's definitely some stuff to talk about. There's some stuff that we're going to hold off on until next week specifically mm-hmm. because we're recording early. So originally the idea was to kind of do like a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom coverage, but we're actually recording uh, like the day before the game comes out. So we're yeah, not going to yeah. be able to do that this week, obviously. Um, on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we are going to talk about Star Wars today. Uh, before we get started, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert, to whom I ask the eternal question, how you been? Uh, very tired and very sleepy, but other than that... Story I'm of my life! <laughs> just just fine, doing very well, nothing, you know, can't really complain about, it's just, you know, tired life, just, you know, going on, that's about it. How about you, what you have you been? Well, aside from tired and busy and sleepy... I've been fine. You know, it's been a <laughs> I've, it's been a lot lately, honestly, personally, um mm-hmm. but you know, uh, there's there's been a few good things that I've been playing. I've been like playing a whole bunch of Ridge Racer. Um <laughs> oh, I got, I I do got a story about Ridge Racer. <laughs> I like I like um, how we yeah. ask the eternal question how we've been. It's like if we don't see each other until every week when we record this podcast, like we will not speak to each other until the, today. <laughs> and it's just kind of a funny <laughs> idea to think about because we talk to each other like all the time. Yeah. And we hang out. Um, we actually went and did something cool um, that I think we should probably start with that because, like, for me personally, it's, like, a thing that was, like, 10 years in the making. All right. Um, so, like, it, it was, like, the shining light of the past two weeks because I've been going through a lot. It's a lot lately. Um, but mm-hmm. we have a, a place where they've got some arcade machines. I think we might have brought it up before um, we took our two-week break. We might have brought up that we've got, like, a place that has some arcade machines there's two there's two that 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 we have it like that and mm-hmm. we've tried the other one and i don't know if we've ever mentioned we oh no we have mentioned because we talked about guitar hero we definitely talked about playing yeah guitar yeah we hero talked arcade. about guitar hero um but we have not i'm pretty sure we've i don't know if we even mentioned this new i think this was entirely new than when we took the break i think it's only been I think we figured found out after we took our break, I think. Or maybe, like, during the moment we took it. Yeah, because we had recorded the two episodes before the break mm-hmm. um, live and at the same time. So this was a while back that those last two were recorded before they mm-hmm. came out. Um, which is why nothing is, like, like super... Well, obviously, 125 didn't have to be current because it was a special. Um, but 124 mm-hmm. might have been a little, like, not current um, versus when it came out. Yeah. Um, but we have this place that has some like cool arcade machines like street fighter 5 machine but like for me there is like it's it's well known that i really like rhythm games but i've Mm -hmm. been playing like the project diva games the hatsune miku project diva games for 10 years literally this year since um project diva f came out in america for the ps3 so there's like f f second there's project diva x and then there's future tone which is the um console port of Future Tone Arcade that came out for the PS4 Mm -hmm. like six years ago or so. 
Um, but the, I've never actually gotten to play it on the actual cabinet with the like drum buttons that you tap on. I've only ever yeah, played yeah. it on controllers. So th- this place has a, a future tone machine and like it felt like an out of body experience finally getting to like do this after 10 years play the actual real thing i i mean like i was on cloud 9 with that like <laughs> to say i was on cloud 9 is like an understatement too i was like seriously just thrilled for I, like 90 straight minutes <laughs> you when just from my perspective you look like you're just in this like really good flow and it was just like nothing was stopping you and you're just you're just going at it at this arcade game because it's just it's one of those things where you have to really think about how just out of every chance we went they the other one open it's it's something it's a different vibe it's a different feeling over there they you know <laughs> maybe the, the main thing they have there is like the, the guitar hero they have a full arcade one this one i think has obviously a little bit more actual like arcade machines and it just so happens to have that one it just it could have been anything else it could have been you know a million things it just had to be that machine. It felt like I was destined to, to play it. And look, it took the first time I tried it. So, like, I will not play on anything except hard in those mm-hmm. games. Because, like, I would like to think that I'm fine at rhythm games. So, I like playing them on hard mm-hmm. specifically because I like to just keep tapping the buttons. And I don't like any, like, not to use the name of a game, but Dead Space. as <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, I don't like pauses in rhythm games. I like to just be able to keep going, which is why I play Theatrhythm on Ultimate, because the expert is just... There's too many pauses, and too, it's it, it's too slow almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to get into, like a, a, like, a, like, a rhythm state when I'm playing a game like that. So it took me... Like, the first one I tried, I, like, didn't know the button placement or how to use my hands versus using my thumbs, as I have been for years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to Clover Club, which is an older Miku song. It's it's like that's how I taught myself to play the arcade version. And then after that, the only songs I didn't clear was Secret Police and uh, Negi Pazi Continues. Um, and I failed both of those at the very end. So, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I th- I'd like to think I did all right at playing Hatsune Miku. Like I I wanted to go in there. It's like a it's a it's a shop. So I didn't want to like not. I didn't want to, like, play in front of people and not, like, do okay. So I was, like, practicing on the console it, version uh, the night before and, like, remembering which songs I really like. You're having that, um, just, like, just standard, just, like, you know, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of people being, like, oh, this guy. It, it, it's not like you're in, how do I put it? I don't know if it's, like, you're It's hard really for me to care. play games for, like, an audience. Like, I would go yeah. to a Melee tournament when I was a little kid and be like, uh, uh, freezing up. Like, I'd like to think, like, back when Melee was a thing, I was all right at it. Mm-hmm. But, like, as soon as I was playing in a tournament setting, I was like, uh-oh, I'm forgetting my moves. I guess it's like, you want to go on, and you just, you, you want, you're not trying to show how great you are or trying to say you're the best you just don't want to look like like a clown up there you're just like i don't want to look i don't like, want to be failing every song so i yeah, was it's like, like it's let like me that. let me practice the ones i liked the night before and then hopefully that skill will translate into because like on the on the dual shock mm-hmm. you can use um the d-pad or the buttons to do like a certain color so if you mm-hmm. had an x you could hit x or down on the d-pad so when they're close together you can just alternate between the two like i do on something like theatrhythm but on the arcade version there's only four buttons and you actually do have to physically slide your fingers across the slide bar to do the slide notes so it's like mm-hmm. a whole different like you cannot replicate this on a controller you have to like just jump into it and they did make little miniature replicas of the arcade controllers for playstation and switch even but like mm-hmm. they sold out so fast and they're very expensive to buy secondhand so it's like i guess i'm never gonna have one mm-hmm. but there is a miku machine very close to <laughs> to us of all but the yeah, odds it they also had ultimax just saying. also you don't mention how there's a touch screen i didn't know that until you showed me it's like there's a touch screen on here like and, the, yeah. and it's a it's a it's a touch bar it's not the screen itself no it's no like the a, screen itself is a touch screen too Oh, that too. But like the way you play it, you have the buttons, and it's there's a there's a touchable bar that you use to do motion with. Yeah, on the DualShock, you can use the touchpad for those, but you can also use the shoulder buttons, which is what I always do. It's like on um, Project Eva F, which had stars instead of touch notes. Um, mm-hmm. You could use like the left and right stick to like hit. So um, it definitely adds like 
a physicality to the arcade machine because you're like actually not only are you moving your whole hand but you're like leaning forward to move your fingers across the touch mm-hmm. too it's very enjoyable it's such a ah, oh, it's such a good game there's so many songs on there so many favorites but i've talked enough about it <laughs> let's see we, we got a list of things to talk about this week mm-hmm. um I guess we can start with Jedi Survivor since that's probably the most high-profile thing that's out before Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's let's go into that for a little bit. Now, before we get started, I'm going to try my best to not talk about the plot at all. Yeah. Like, any part of it, even the beginning, I feel like is pretty big spoilers. Obviously, the trailer's... I will say that the trailers did a good job of not letting you in on any amount of what actually happens in this game. Yeah. And as someone who's kind of in a certain area of Star Wars media that's happening right now, I was very kind of like floored and surprised at some of the things that happened in the plot of this game. So if you're into current star wars stuff that's going on i won't say what um anything current um you might be very happy to see that they're kind of bringing that in here other than that that's all i was that's all i will say about the plot now i've finished jedi survivor i have beaten the game oh you did you did actually i remember you told me yeah you did oh funny story about you beating it but uh, that's besides the point yeah My PS5 has had a few random shutdowns lately, and it just so happened to do one of those in the last literal minute of the final cutscene, so I had to kind of, like, redo the whole last part, so that was kind of frustrating, but I digress. I will say I like this game about as much as Fallen Order, but for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So, I've talked about Fallen Order before. I say that in Fallen Order, I really liked the story. It's one of the greatest Star Wars stories in games. Um, but Mm -hmm. where I felt it fell flat was in the gameplay department and in the exploration department. So gameplay was a little hit or miss, a little too difficult, a little too Souls-like for my taste in Fallen Order. And Mm -hmm. the way you explored areas was that they were these labyrinthine things and there was no fast travel. So you were literally having to go forward and backward through entire giant areas like labyrinthine areas Mm -hmm. um if you were like looking for a collectible or something and i found that to be very taxing to the point where i'm just like look i need this seed to grow a plant on my ship and it is somewhere on kashyyyk but i am not going through the entirety of the planet to look for this plant and then go back to my ship the way i came because that to me seems like a colossal waste of time and you know how much i hate it when a game starts wasting my time it's one of those things where we talked about where it's like yeah you can explore the map but at the same time when exploring the map denies you from progressing the story and it's one of those things where one route can lead to multiple routes and it can obviously lead to multiple routes as well it's kind of just like sort of how we talk about elden ring where you can go wherever you want in that game and you're progressing the story no matter what and yes the whole point is you will miss some things but at the same time that's kind of the glory of it where you can keep replaying the game and keep seeing different things no matter how many times you go at it each playthrough is unique to you. It's mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild, basically, or Tears of the Kingdom, which will be out at this point. It's It's got that sense where, like, doing what you want is cool in those games because there's always something exciting to do at the end mm-hmm. of a path. There's always a hidden cave to explore or a boss to fight, and it usually rewards you, especially in Elden Ring, with a cool summon or an ash or a weapon that's, like, really nuts or a dope boss fight. Um, in Fallen Order, it wasn't as open, but the fact that you had to... The, the fact that there was no fast travel in the mm-hmm. checkpoints um, means you had to go through the entire level if you were looking for, say, a certain collectible color for Cal's poncho or something mm-hmm. like that. Now... The reason I say I like Survivor just as much is because it does one of those things a lot better and, for my taste, one of those things a lot worse. So, the story remains the best part of Jedi Survivor. It is pretty riveting. Mm -hmm. It's broken up a little too much by something we'll get to, 
Um, but when the story moments do happen, they are some of my favorite in, in modern Star Wars. Where the game, I think, improves the most is the combat, actually. The actual, like, combat gameplay. Mm-hmm. Where in, in this one, you've got your single-blade stance, you've got the double-blade stance, you've got the dual-blade stance where you have two lightsabers, and then you'll get a blaster stance where you have a lightsaber and a blaster, and then you'll get the cross-guard stance, which is Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that one's a little more slow and doesn't quite work for how quick enemies hit in this mm-hmm. game. So I found myself kind of ignoring that one, even though it like looks really cool and I I just love the way Kylo Ren's lightsaber looks. But honestly, way too slow for how the enemies are moving in this game. Mm-hmm. So I found it to be a, a little depressing that <laughs> the coolest looking one I didn't use at all hardly because it's 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 too slow. You know, it's a broadsword in a game where everyone's coming at you with quick strikes. I mean, I would assume in the Star Wars universe generally everything is quick blasters and 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 jedi fights with lightsaber it's like everything is much faster than you i mean i've seen some parts of you of like the prequel uh, the prequel movies and those battles are much quicker than you are in the original series it's like they up that ante so i feel like with the game that's what you should also expect now what people have seen yeah, it just feels like the combat itself wasn't balanced around you having a weapon that you did like a like a charged mm-hmm. heavy attack with because the melee enemies are coming at you so quick even on the normal difficulty mm-hmm. to where you have no time for that winding charge up. You literally just even the blocking seems a little finicky with the cross guard style. So again, not my favorite style. Mm-hmm. I mostly used the one with the blaster because it was cool to have a ranged attack for faraway enemies as mm-hmm. well as a lightsaber. So I thought that was cool. You can customize your lightsaber colors. You can customize the metals it's made out of, the colors of your gun, the colors of BD-1. You can make your lightsaber look old and worn out. You can make it look brand new. I, I was using the Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber because it came with the digital pre-order, so that was cool. The customization is awesome. You can change Cal's hairstyle. You can change his beard and mustache. There's like a whole bunch of different coats and pants and everything he can wear, shirts and all that stuff. You can really like do a bunch with the cosmetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are technically the only like collectibles in the game. So when you do like go off the beaten path, it's usually going to give you like a set of five colors for your lightsaber or a new hairstyle or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're not worried about stuff like that, maybe getting all the collectibles isn't worth your time so like cosmetics a great addition much better than the first and the combat highly improved now the exploration is where i have a problem with this one there's fast travel in this and checkpoints so it's more like dark souls bonfires than anything that's a good change however the maps are so much more labyrinthine and so much like bigger than they were in fallen order to where I'm getting anxiety over there being like five different paths I can choose that are all going to take me like 30 minutes to do full of just platforming and non-combat areas that are going to lead me to either a side quest completion mm. for a cosmetic or to a cosmetic. And that's where I feel like the game kind of like lacked for me. I found myself skipping about 90% of the side content specifically because... Even in the main story, and this is what I was getting to earlier, there are moments where there is just platforming and walking for like 20 minutes at a time with no combat encounters. Mm -hmm. And there are really long, drawn-out puzzle sections that just I didn't like Mm -hmm. in this. So, like, it's one of those games where I can absolutely criticize as much as I can praise the game for. Mm -hmm. Um The strong suit for me is the combat. Now, the combat's a little janky. The animations are a little janky, but, like, it's fun. It's fun to do Jedi stuff and, you know, force pull and force push and lightsabers and blasters and all that stuff. But those are the best moments. Mm -hmm. When I'm, like, walking across a wind... When I'm doing a wind puzzle, like in in an old RPG or, or... doing some kind of like lift the ball to this area puzzle i'm like wishing that there was more plot happening or more fighting happening so there's a lot of moments in the first half of this game specifically that are just like 
oh my god, there's like a cantina, which is cool. It's full of people that give you side quests. Here's 50 different areas you can go to on this giant planet that's mm-hmm. not like remarkably interesting. It's it's a regular planet. And then there's story beats where you're doing platforming for 20 minutes straight and then you might have an enemy or a mini boss and then you're doing more platforming after that. So like there is a lot of weaknesses to this like design philosophy. Yeah. This philosophy where like um I, I kind of traced it back to Uncharted 4, which had a really cool area where you could like do a little bit of like going off the beaten path in your in your truck mm-hmm. and like finding certain collectibles or certain little Easter eggs or, or, or hidden stuff. But upon replay, that was like the most boring part to replay because you can only really capture the magic of that once. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with Lost Legacy, which was a whole game based around the fact that, oh, you can go to any of these four areas in in, in particular orders and, and do a bunch of, like, wide exploration stuff. It's like, no, when I'm playing Star Wars, you know why I'm here. I'm here for the story first, then the mm-hmm. combat, and then whatever else. So um, it's kind of depressing that I skipped through 90% of the side content. But I didn't find any of it to be engaging. It's, I found the story to be engaging. It's it's one of those things where I tend to realize the collecting 100 of this certain item in an open world game is very boring to me because I don't like that at all. I don't like this idea of exploring the world that has nothing really to give besides finding maybe whatever 100 thing you need to find of or just generally anything like that. I'm... Also, thinking in that sense, look at Ghost. Ghost did it where I wanted to do the side missions because it came with collectibles. Technically, at the end of it, you should want to do that mission to get the collectible, which that's what I was doing. But I was rewarded with an actual story plot and not just some travel to this location, climb this, 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 and do that a hundred times to collect this item. It actually gave me a story to go with it to collect the item. The, you know, the legendary bow or armor, stuff like that, which I would want more than going like, let's say Call of Duty, not Call of Duty, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where I had to go around wherever the open world to find so-and-so this to find a key to open up to get the legendary pirate uh like armor uniform whatever it may be and that's kind of something i'm kind of like over with i'd rather have an engaging you know stories and side plots and and side missions that will get me to that collectible funner than going around the map exploring the map because i'm already doing that playing the game it's not that yeah it's like i'm i deny exploring the map but at the same time the map also has to enrich me with something else besides exploring it and the sense of what i mean is like it could be the coolest looking map like gta 5 but it's just the backdrop to the main story there's pretty much nothing about it you can go around the whole map nothing cool or crazy is going to happen they're far and few and they're not that interesting oh but i was gonna say i also will say that games that have this idea like prince of persia where you travel and just go progress to the story then you get to a puzzle at least the puzzle is at least pretty goodly like they're separated pretty well where it's like you don't feel like you're you're just walking a bit another puzzle walking a bit another puzzle at least you're like combat combat story time walking a bit exploring oh here's just a quick simple puzzle here's a bigger puzzle stuff like that where it, instead of being puzzle 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 and maybe a little bit of walking but puzzle, it seems like oh it's just puzzles puzzles and puzzles yeah this one the jedi survivor definitely is skewed to like at least i felt like it was skewed more towards walking and puzzles mm-hmm. and then there were brief moments of combat um, until like the 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 like last twenty five percent of the game where things really started to pick up, um, but going back to Ghost of Tsushima here for a second, I feel like the side quests were also worth doing in that one because the game itself was such a video game, mm-hmm. like such a game to be a game, if that makes any sense. To where like you just felt like you were like everything about the control and movement in that was like so smooth and fluid Mm -hmm. like every like even collecting your crafting materials in ghost of tsushima you don't have to stop like you do in horizon get off your mouth i would also say like a flower uh, red dead redemption where you have to get off your horse to to search Red Dead redemption is like the outlier being a complete simulator i mean yeah but also i guess her it's still one of the things where you're what it is it's like 
I guess Horizon is a much better example because it's not meant to be a simulator. Well, Horizon's like the middle ground between yeah. not simulator and simulator. But it's still one of those things where I guess it's still kind of an issue if you, let's say, play Red Dead Redemption and there's a whole field of, you know, just collectibles around. Let's just say it like that. There's collectibles to be collected yeah. everywhere, but you have to just go there and keep pressing square triangle to search a body and then it's yeah. like that's i'm not doing that a hundred times there's too many there's new too many yeah. like that it's like jedi survivor has like a hundred flower seeds you can collect and you can go to the cantina you can plant a garden on the roof yeah i'm not searching for a hundred yeah. flowers to plant a garden on the roof that, of the that, cantina that's what i'm saying game. it's it's an old 2000 thing that should definitely be gone by now it's one of those i'm not so searching for a hundred of this thing around the entire map it's just not happening yeah. some people will still do it i'm glad That's it's the, there for the people yeah. that want to search for those flowers but i don't want to search for those flowers that. i want to do my lightsabers and have my cool story that's why I, i'm here for star wars i'm not here to do animal crossing i, I i'll play animal crossing for that it's like it's one of the things where i thought this was a story action-based game not a collector game that's that's the way yeah, i can I also mean, see like, it that's why I'm glad that most of the collectibles are cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, of course, I want the cosmetics. I love changing my colors and things. But that's all they are. There's nothing that's going to affect my gameplay it's... by me not doing the side content, collecting... which is fine. Collecting 100, whatever it may be, is not going to get me a saucer upgrade. So I'm not going to do it. So it's not a it's not a bad game, but like I can't really comment on the side content because I started ignoring it. Like there's bounty hunter missions, but you have to keep going back to the cantina to get them instead of you know having a list. You get, it's it's just like there's a lot of inconvenience here. Yeah. There's load times that don't make sense to me for being a current gen exclusive. Like when you go into the cantina or mm-hmm. when you like obviously you can't fast travel from planet to planet. You have to actually go into the ship and fly to the planet. Same with fallen order. It's something that's always bothered me mm-hmm. about the, the Jedi games, but I mean, I'm not going to complain that it was a bad you... game or anything. It was a great game It's probably one of the best I've played this year, but like, I wish the side content made me want to play the side content. It's you're basically saying they added side content. That was content. And, and the way it to design a game 10 years ago they need to just change it and it'd be a much better experience yeah. to go through you're like it has its flaws but it's still an overall story-wise a great experience like you can at least yeah what you're saying is that at least the side content is co- side con you don't need to do it you can just yes. go through the story I, I skipped most of it yeah but it's like again depressing slash anxiety inducing when you want to explore these maps mm-hmm. but they're so big and labyrinthine and the checkpoints are spread out a little too far i think in my opinion Uh so it's like yeah i'm fine just doing the story in jedi survivor maybe one Mm -hmm. day i'll play i started a new game plus because i wanted the um red lightsaber but i'm at the point where i'm gonna be doing like the cantina stuff again i'm like you know what maybe i won't replay it again right away is um maybe i'll give it a year or so is there a yellow lightsaber yes there's there like is? yellow, there's magenta, there's cyan, indigo, there's purple, right. green. Story white, there's a white one. Movie-wise, there's only meant to be 3. It's meant to be blue and green and red. And then Mace Windu still having just to get purple Samuel Jackson. I, well, Ray has a yellow one. So, Ahsoka has white ones in Rebels. I think it's one of those things where I think at some point they said, okay, maybe it's cooler to have multicolored sabers. It's like, okay, yeah. it is kind of simple having just green and blue for the good guys. Let's just have some really cool multicolored sabers. And the cool thing is they all make a little bit of a different noise mm-hmm. from the other ones. So they all have a different sound to them. And we, on New Game Plus, I, I wouldn't consider this a spoiler. There's a party color. So every time you hit an enemy with it, it changes color. <laughs> party color okay that one was cool party that's cool anyway that's jedi survivor um it is very good graphic graphics are amazing um performances are Mm. cool like the characters in in the jedi game they're like super cool i I, i've seen parts of it i've had had friends play it in front of me like they'll share play it i will say the parts of me that i don't like it's pretty much like it it's a 70 dollar game but it has quite a bit of like funky animation it's kind of like this is a 70 dollars game where they could have i guess done a little bit more with the animation instead of it being what it is it is not well the problem that i had was the frame rate not staying at a stable 60 that on one playstation yeah. but that's not to say about the performance on the pc version which is like actually nuts bad um 
but like it was it's kind of depressing to not have a game run at 60 on the performance when like it is not the most it, graphically impressive yeah, like it it's is, got good graphics mm-hmm. but it's not it's not horizon forbidden west here, which is running that new dlc yeah. at 60 frames per second that's the craziest thing yeah. i've ever seen here's the thing games like ghost even call of duty like cold war modern warfare 2 those games will and even destiny 2 crucibles will hit 120 frames they will tell you we will give you a standard 60 frames i've seen those games they look way more high demanding in the details especially a game like call of duty where it's like the amount of details they put in the map the character models and also for the weapons themselves and they're pushing it and they're still telling you we will give you a standard 60 frames it may dip here and there maybe because there's a lot of explosions going on but it's very far and few where that happens so it's one of those things where we are not understanding why there are certain games, Gotham Knights, and also the one we just talked about, that are stuck. See, Gotham Knights just makes no sense. Why there's frames. No 60 frames it makes for that. no sense. I don't care if the water particles in the ray tracing mode makes a small little wave. I I could be less critical if Jedi Survivor had infrequent dips. I get that it's a demanding game. There is a lot of high-quality character models and full-on animations, reactions, and, like, you know, the lightsaber marks will show up on enemies' bodies. I could forgive it for a couple of dips here and there on performance mode. But, like, there are entire planets, like, when you first go to Kobo, the second planet, that will just not raise above, mm-hmm. like, 30, 40 frames at all, ever. Um, at least pre-patch. The post-patch didn't seem to do, like, all too much for the performance, but, mm-hmm. like... That's frustrating. Why Why am I not just playing on fidelity mode if I'm going to get 30 to 40 frames anyway at that point? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it makes no sense to give the player, do you want higher frames or better looking when we won't know if we'll get the better frames all the time. So might as well just make it look yeah. pretty. But at the same time, I don't want it to look pretty. Yeah, it could look pretty. That's cool. That's a plus. But for me, 60 frames is a standard at this point. It should not be anything yeah. else besides 60. I, I will say... um, just going off that, Jedi Survivor does seem like it feels better to move the camera and the and the uh, and Cal than in Fallen Order. For mm-hmm. some reason, going back to Fallen Order, I'm like something is so off with the camera movement or the character movement in mm-hmm. that game that I feel like they kind of like tweaked it a little in this one um, to be better. But yeah, I think I think the biggest complaint that anybody has about this game right now is performance issues, which has been talked about to death online and, and on websites for, for weeks now. Um, so hopefully EA kind of like doesn't, does a job fixing this, I guess at some point. And then maybe by the time I return to Jedi survive for new game plus or mm-hmm. something, um, these problems will be, you know, mitigated. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's pretty much all I got to say about Jedi survivor right now. It's pretty much the biggest thing that I've played, um, over the past couple of weeks kind of setting up for for tears of the kingdom here which hey 30 frames for tears of the kingdom Mm -hmm. but i mean breath of the wild i heard it runs better than breath of the wild which is cool Mm -hmm. um it 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 seems like they might have optimized the the switch kind of like ghost of tsushima sucker punch optimized the ps4 when when that came out Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's all that's really all i gotta say about johnny's variety um i oh marin is amazing she's my favorite character in the first game and she's my favorite character in this game marin is awesome Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, you want to tell us a little about Cosmic Shake? Cosmic Shake. I, I mean, we could talk a little bit about it. I'm not gonna, I because it's like it's not like I'm not willing to discuss about it. I need to finish it in the first place. I've just been busy, yeah. very busy, and sometimes I don't want to play games. Sometimes I do other things. I have other hobbies. Gaming is not just the only thing I do, but yeah. that's besides the point. I'll play it here and there an hour, an hour, two hours, you know, of gameplay. We've been playing some Fall Guys. I think we should probably mention that. that the new oh, Fall yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about but Fall, new Fall Guys. Season drop. We, with, we've been on that for a while. Yeah. But um, Cosmic Shake. So it's from THQ Nordic. Obviously, THQ was the king of licensed, like, kid shows back in the day. Uh, mostly tied to Nickelodeon games. And they obviously did the, not critically acclaimed, but I would... Mm, I guess it's one of those hidden fan favorite favorite Battle for Bikini Bottom, which as a kid, when I played it and I owned it, yeah, it was a fun game. I never uh, got around to, you know, finishing it, but it was a fun game. Lost it. And then, you know, at some points I would be like, I'll buy it, you know, you know, eventually I never got around to buying it again. And then they announced the remake. So I said, well, might as well buy the remake and then eventually buy the older one at a different time. But from from that to this. 
THQ Nordic, obviously, I will say it's a different team. It's not the same team that obviously worked on that game, what, 2003? It was a while ago. But, obviously, this current team worked on the remake. I think that remake is obviously helping them being like, we could possibly do a sequel, which gives me hope because THQ also does Destroy Humans. They worked on the first and second remake, and I think they're phenomenal remakes, and I would hope so they would take those knowledge and and you know playing around and upgrading these older games and be like you know maybe we can do a, a fourth one finally but i wouldn't mind destroying humans 3 being remade either but i would you know really like a fourth one but back to cosmic shake it is basically battle for bikini bottom the sequel in the sense it's the same models same tiki destroyable you know uh boxes kind of there because there's other spongebob games like there was the movie and then creatures of the crusty crab which you know about but they're never 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 really direct sequel gameplay wise either they're not direct sequels obviously just ever but not even the gameplay was kind of the same they always kind of like changed it here and there where this feels like you can play rehydrated Bikini, Battle for Bikini Bottom, and then go to this one, and you feel like this is, seems like a direct sequel to that. You know, it's another one of those mischievous, like, Spongebob gets himself in one of those crazy situations, and there you go, now you gotta play an entirely new game. So, if you basically played Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, you will get the same gameplay vibes and feel off of that one to this one. But they obviously add modern platformer video game stuff to it like back in the day there was no a character almost making to the next platform yeah you know you might have seen his foot or you know a pixel of it touched the ledge of that platform but if it's not all the way on there he's not getting on no matter what you say or do and this one spongebob will grab onto ledges he you know even so if, if you're like oh i almost made him right there spongebob is forgiving and obviously the people teach they're forgiving enough to have SpongeBob have an animation of grabbing a ledge and climbing over getting to the next platform there is um you know in breath of the wild how i think link can have like a parachute that you hold that has a yeah, stamina yeah, bar yeah. same thing in this there's a there's a parachute pizza stamina bar thing where spongebob can float down and it, it has a stamina uh, meter. And obviously if that goes down. Oh, we got Zelda mechanics in the Spongebob game. <laughs> Zelda mechanics in the Spongebob game. Uh, now you have a buddy. So instead of Spongebob being on his own and not really talking to anyone, he talks himself. Spongebob actually does talk to Patrick. Patrick, obviously his best friend, is turning himself. Is this, I'm not obviously going to say nothing spoilers because I'm still in the beginning. This is all beginning game stuff. They find this like this this like... I don't know what I don't. She's a fortune. All right, she's a fortune teller. I guess is okay. like the best way I could put it. She's a fortune teller, and she tells SpongeBob. I guess a, I. So from the plot so far, I assume that she's lying about whatever she you know they gave SpongeBob. Apparently, it's a magic like bubble slime, that he starts making wishes on, and they basically destroy the cosmic universe so it does a cosmic shake which is in the title so now his friends are in different parts of different universes where the first world is a western and obviously i'm only gonna say the first world because i was i only really talk about the first world it's a western and you're there to look and you're there to find mr Krabs. he's he's in the western and you're there to find him to bring him back to you know the regular world and it's like SpongeBob and the Multiverse of Madness. Basically, it's it's SpongeBob Multiverse of Madness, but I don't think there's. So is it like Creature from the Krusty Krab, where they did like every level is a different theme or art style, or is well, it just essentially the same art style but a different? theme? Yeah, same art style, different theme. At least with Creatures in the Krusty Krab, okay. it was different art styles. Like the first yeah. one was like that, like grungy, like motor, like punk art yeah. style. You know, eyes popping out and you know tongues yeah. slipping out. And yeah. the sequel to that was Patrick was a comic book art style. It's just different themes in this one. Uh, the voice actors, they pretty much got all the original voice actors, even Mr. Krabs, which sure. I guess Mr. Krabs was hard to get in the original. Or maybe he Clancy just... Clancy Brown? Yeah, Clancy Brown. I don't know if he they he denied it or he just they never asked him, but they got him to voice Mr. Krabs. And hmm. He's in Mandalorian, you know. He is. Is he? Yeah, in that one that. episode where with with Bill Burr and them, like where they're on the the prison ship, yeah, in season one. I did not know that. 
I probably look watching it back. I'll probably figure it out. Like, oh, that is him. But yeah, yeah, they got him to voice. So basically, they got all the voice actors and actresses to voice their characters. It is pretty wild to hear these voice actors and actresses twenty years later because you can tell it's like they have uh, aged. Shows twenty four yeah. years old at this yeah, point. Ninety nine. Aged so much, but they can still pull off the voices pretty well. But you you can tell it's it is such a different tone and volume of voice acting that they do. Uh, like I said, besides gameplay wise, it's pretty much the same, but adding more modern day like updates to to SpongeBob like modern day platformer because it's, it's very early on. I'm playing it, and then yeah, yeah, I, I, having a companion. There actually is quite a few like not like. There, there's jokes where if you're a much older person, you'll be like, "That is actually really funny." That is, that is there's like such nods and older, for an older audience. And an example I can give is in the second world. It's like a movie set. The voice actors for Merman, Bad, and Barnacle Boy have not been in the show for a very long time. Sadly, they've both passed away. This is like 2010. They passed away, and they never brought back the characters ever. Obviously, you can't have one without the other. So, I would assume kids now don't even know who Mermaid Man and Barnacle even are. It's kind of like, I think they stopped using them in like 2015, something like that. So, you know, we're, you know, seven, eight years later, there's some eight-year-olds who don't know who Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are. They play this game. They won't understand the MM and uh, BB on the trailer doors to indicate, obviously, mm-hmm. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. That's for, like, much older veteran SpongeBob watchers. Now, how are collectibles? Like, obviously, it's a 3D platformer. Are there a, a vast swath of collectibles to kind of make you replay levels or feel like replaying levels to earn something? Nothing in the sense of how collectathons and collectibles used to be, but mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, you know, standard, there's a special coin in every section. There's okay. actually um, a new. I guess Plankton has a pet. He has a pet dog esque. Uh-huh. It's you know, it's not an actual dog, but it's a pet dog esque. And yeah. you're supposed to find him in every single world as well. So a lot of one of those you can okay, go back. So there's like your typical modern day, like, oh, there's something hidden in this level of like Yoshi's crafted world or Kirby or something yeah. like that. Special moves as well. There's obviously much more special moves. And there's things in certain worlds that you, certain things you see in the first world that you're like, Well, how do I activate this? Sponsor will let, will tell you directly to the player, seems like I can't do this yet. Maybe we'll come back later. So there's a reason to go back and replay yeah, levels once you, you've unlocked new you stuff. Okay, so that's a that's a thing that happens. In, in yeah, this exactly. it's it. You play Battle for Kingdom Bottom. It's standard, same type of gameplay, but just adding more modern day stuff to it. And it's just if you like Battle for Bikini Bottom, you'll like this because it's just more of that. And I don't see if that's a problem because, like I said, sometimes the sequel or continuation of a franchise or a game doesn't need to be entirely different. It could just be better version of that and that's fine because it's like at least it's this i know i'm getting into and i'm expecting just to be more updated and better and that's just that's just kind of like what this is yeah sounds good so far then i'm assuming it's fun it is pretty fun it's like i said it's standard uh platformer yeah nothing you know nothing sometimes crazy. you need a standard platformer yeah like sometimes i feel like it's it's necessary to have a game like that or like a kirby even though the like i finished the return to dreamland deluxe it's probably my least favorite kirby on the switch i still appreciated that it was the most like low stakes thing mm-hmm. ever <laughs> um any any other thoughts you have before we move on so far for just like i said just the beginning i think i i did give quite a few, i actually made this pretty long just for just maybe <laughs> like the first two hours of gameplay i, I did on it so obviously probably want to finish it and then move on to something else we'll finish it and then give a full review on it all right then um before we get to a quick few news stories that kind of came up uh, uh uh on the two weeks we have pokemon drip diamond and pearl we are continuing with byron he is a gym leader i think he's ground type mm-hmm. he's rourke's dad remembering rourke was the first gym leader of the Sinnoh region mm-hmm. um well byron sure has some He's got a cool... I mean, I like the cape. I like the pants. I don't know about the cape. I like the you pants. You like the pants? Pants are nice. I don't like the pants. The pants I are nice. I don't like the pants for some reason. Nice boots, nice pants. Shirt, not really anything special, just a tank top. I think if you got rid of the cape and show more of that outfit and he more and use more accessories, you got some drip on here. I, 
for me, I don't know. For me, I like the Hey, cape. man, if he had those pants, same boots, cape off, some jewelry on him, some nice shades, you know, some really cool stuff, I think he got some drip right here. If he had some shades, he probably wouldn't fit the theme of, like, digging underground, though. Hey, man, shades make everything look cooler, regardless of what True. you're doing. True. True. Um, but as it stands, though, like, Byron... Like, Diamond and Pearl probably has the... Like, for such a great game, as we've said, the gym leaders are probably the most lacking. This... I'm personally going to give Byron a 1.5 No, I would give him five. a, a 2.5. He has potential. Even the belt's really nice. If he had, you know, much... He had more accessories to his belt, maybe a, a different belt buckle, a lot cooler one. This guy has potential. I wish they redesigned the gym leaders for the switch remakes of these because i would love to have seen this redesign as you know for diamond and pearl we're looking at the original 2d images Mm -hmm. of these gym leaders i'd like to see a more modern redesign because i think they did the the ruby and sapphire gym leaders some real justice with their redesigns but byron's kind of just boring for me i mean i think he has potential i'm telling you the there's some potential there i would give him a (laughs) 2.5 Still relatively low as far as as drip our drip. Well, I mean, it's much <laughs> higher than probably most of these will ever get. Yeah, I mean, I think the best one we've had so far was maybe Fantina. I I, I thought Gardenia was pretty cool. Um, the next two are like fine. The next two I think are probably the strongest. Um, but we will get to those as we continue our Diamond and Pearl drip odyssey. Some small news that has happened. Diablo 4 will feature a skip campaign button. What? Now. Wait, 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 wait. You heard me correct. Skip the main thing you buy a game for, the campaign. Well, Diablo works in the way where it's like you're really playing the campaign to get to the post game. Now, this skip campaign button will not be able to use until you've actually beaten the campaign once. But say you were making so, a new character and you just wanted to get into the end game content, you could skip okay. the story based content for your second character. Okay, the way you said it at first, I was like, why would you buy a game just to skip the content? Yes. Everything to get to the end okay, game. Least- when I first read that article, I was like, they're just going to let you skip straight to the end game? No, you actually have to. I, I read that okay. you have to beat the campaign okay. as a character first, but a second, third, or fourth character. Diablo players usually don't want to put themselves through going through the campaign again, you know, so they either rush it or go straight into, like, rifts or whatever. You know called. what? I can see that because sometimes with Borderlands characters, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go the entire story for a third exactly. time. I just exactly. Get, I, at that point, yes. Okay, I understand it. I get it. Because it's like, okay, just give me a set level that's the minimum level to, at, at the end game part, and I'll just use that to, to start grinding out for gear. Okay. Okay, I get it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Dude, I want to skip campaign button in Jedi Survivor. I want to <laughs> skip campaign button in everything now. Like, there are moments in these games, these story-based games, that are, like, open worlds, that, like, really slog along. It's like, dude, let me just explore. <laughs> let right. me just play Diablo without having to go through the campaign again. So, like, I think this is a great idea. But I am glad that you have to, like, play the story first because it's Diablo. It's pure gameplay the whole time anyway. It's not mm-hmm. like there's, like, a whole bunch going on under the hood besides pure gameplay, which is mm-hmm. why people go for Diablo, which is why people go for Borderlands, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Armored Core 6 is coming out in August. There is a trailer for that. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I'm excited. Just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um. Twisted Metal is getting its TV show pretty soon. I think July. They had a little teaser trailer with Anthony Mackie, and they've got Anthony Sweet Tooth Mackie. voiced by Will Arnett. Falcon? Anthony Mackie. Yes, he from plays, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's the villain in Eight Mile. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, we don't know much about the show, but it's Twisted Metal. You know, I'm one hundred percent in on Twisted Metal. Anything Twisted Metal. Sony. See, oh, put out a new Twisted Metal. <laughs> I'm so mad that Destruction All-Star never really caught on because it's one of those uh, oh, vehicular yeah. combat games. I yeah. miss those. Those Vehicle are just combat. fun. Yeah. They did Star Wars Demolition on the PS Plus uh, uh, um, Premium a while back, which is basically Twisted Metal but Star Wars, and you can play as Boba Fett. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Vehicle combat. So I was looking at my PS3 copy of Twisted Metal just like – god i want to hook up the ps3 mm-hmm. and play twisted metal <laughs> um 
Destiny 2, I guess, is increasing the price of the season pass from 1,000 mm. silver to 1,200 silver. Mm. Um, One of those, I'm buy a little bit this. extra so we can get a little more money off of it. Yeah. Well, because the silver comes in a pack of 1,000, mm-hmm. so you'd probably have to buy so Two. I don't think Destiny's in the best place right now to where it's the best move for the consumer to increase the pass of this the price of the season pass like mm-hmm. i'm a little fatigued with destiny after lightfall lightfall was not as good as i was hoping like i love the story and and callus was cool and everything but like i wasn't as engaged with the game mm-hmm. as i was with witch queen last year I, I'm, I'm at the point where it's like yeah i'll do the final shape when it comes out but i don't really want to do any more seasons mm-hmm. i'm kind of over the destiny seasons mm-hmm. it is a massive massive grind and you have to keep track of so many bounties and variables to maximize your time whereas in something like fall guys newest season it's literally like back to fall guys i'm level 14 we're level 14 <laughs> already it's day two of the, the and the 40 is the max like they're doing three season passes for the season obviously but we're level 14 out of you know 40 on the first one and then everything else after that is a bonus tier which honestly after last time i don't care about the bonus tiers anymore like maybe the first one to get a recolor but like i'm not going all the way to 120 Mm -hmm. i don't have time for that right now with with street fighter around the corner and everything like that um so there's that not a fan of destiny continuing to be as expensive to engage with even like the people that play destiny shouldn't have to continually spend so much money to engage with this game it's kind of like upsetting and redfall you're gonna talk uh, about it yeah everyone's talked about yes so we're not gonna like you know bash the game here or anything because neither of us have played the game Oh, we can't. What I wanted to use the, the yeah, we we can't bash the game. We haven't played it. But what I wanted to highlight here is, look at Anthem, look at Suicide Squad, look at Redfall. Bioware is famous for Western RPGs like Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect. Give them a looter shooter, it, it, life like a live service looter shooter. Mm-hmm. The game fails. Arcane. Immersive Sims, Dishonored, super highly rated. Deathloop, super highly rated. Give them a live service-esque looter shooter. We have the Redfall situation. Rocksteady. Now, Suicide Squad isn't out yet, but Rocksteady makes very engaging and great single-player Batman comic book superhero games. Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad (laughs) is a co-op looter shooter with live service elements. Um, Crystal Dynamics, Tomb Raider, Avengers, an admittedly great game that was, at a point, not anymore, bogged down by these live-service looter-shooter mechanics. Can we please stop giving these critically acclaimed developers these live-service looter-shooter projects? Borderlands and Destiny already did it. Unless you're Borderlands and (laughs) Destiny, it's not going to go well because... Borderlands has established its fan base and it continues. Borderlands is the best first person version of Diablo and Destiny is the best first person version of Diablo that's also a live service. These are like, you can't, it's almost impossible for me to come up with an argument against the beast. You're basically saying it's a, it's a curse death sentence to a, a company if they told, hey, you see this is live service, looter shooter S game, make that. And it's kind of like, I it mean, never goes look well. at Redfall. Look at how high profile this was supposed to be as the first big Bethesda exclusive for Microsoft. Hey, man, if GTA 6 is a live <laughs> live service looter shooter game, <laughs> I got some bad news. Please stop making live service looter shooter games. Hey, man, if, I'm begging you. <laughs> what, what would be a funny franchise to come back when now it's a live act, live service looter shooter game? Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. Metagir Solid. Uh, Ge- oh. Gears of War. Halo. What if Halo became? A- I didn't know this. I didn't know this episode was about ruining our favorite franchise. <laughs> what if Assassin's Creed became a live service looter shooter? Well. That franchise already. Assassin's down. Creed is a whole, <laughs> is a whole other, Candy a worms. whole other issue. But yeah, that's how I feel about Redfall. Why did you give Arcane 
a looter shooter co-op like thing like this when they have such a proven track record with the dishonored swims and nines and tens death loop is one of the highest rated games on the playstation 5 why give arcane of all studios looter shooter i don't know confuses me (laughs) anyway I think we've done an episode, Robert. Would you agree? Yep. After coming back, that's actually a pretty long episode that we're recording, so I think we should be yeah. good. <laughs> Alright, so um, next week, um, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, you can count on Tears of the Kingdom and probably Fall Guys being um, in the in the topic list for next week. But for right now, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on our Twitter at Markers on the Map. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe, download an episode. Hop in at any time. Really, we try to keep this podcast as accessible as possible. Um, and yeah, just thank you for listening. If you listen on Google Podcasts or Spotify, you can do that too. Um, and we always like to end every episode with a famous video game quote. And I got a good one for us this week. You know, Ellie, we really are the Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later. Later.